Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Investing from A to Z podcast. I'm your host, Steph Bodrini. We provide straightforward information by bringing excellent guests with real-world experience in all topics related to commercial real estate investing. And in today's episode, we are going to be learning how to do a self-storage development from the ground up. We are chatting with Skylar Hartman, CEO of Capitaline Ventures. As you will see, Skylar is a very humble person, and I always appreciate and admire humble people very much, and I'm sure you will too. Here we go. Skylar, thank you so much for joining us today. A friend that has been in this podcast before, highly recommended that I speak with you. If you don't mind hearing a little bit about you, that would be awesome. Sure. I started um, real estate in 2007. It was a little little bit of a fluke. Uh, I was a, a renter and ended up buying my first house with some creative financing and really picked up a nice equity spread on that piece. From there, I was hooked on real estate and I've been in the residential space for quite a while. And four years ago or so, I decided that I was going to move into commercial. That's when I got into the self-storage industry. So that's a brief overview, but that's, that's how I got started. I like how you are go straight to the point. I'm just like that. So thank you. So let's say you want to develop a self-storage facility, which it seems like you have developed a few so far from scratch. Yes. Why don't we go over that process? It can be anywhere from decision on where to find the land all the way to beginning of construction and everything in between, however much detail you would like to give us. So I think the first place to start, I'd like to look in my backyard first because I know the, the economics of my surrounding area better than anywhere else in the country. Less research, but that does give you a limited scope. So I would always start with the economic analysis and verify that the city or town is growing, there's good jobs, schools are adequate, getting good ratings. I don't wanna be in a war zone, whether storage may perform great in a war zone, that's just not the place I wanna be. So, you know, everybody has their own opinions. So I start with an economic analysis and start with a little bit of city due diligence find out what the zoning process is. Is it a conditional use permit? Does it fit into commercial general? Is there any overlay districts that may allow storage that I'm not seeing? Or is it just strictly light industrial? So know your zoning and your economic analysis. From there, I do some competition analysis, basically mystery shopping. I have a basic spreadsheet, unit sizes, prices, I'll shop online first and try to pinpoint their occupancy rates. And you can see that on some sites as not available or call for availability. And you'll see the other units that are available as rent now. Uh, some of the REITs like U-Haul, they won't even publish prices if they don't have units available. So. You can really drill down on your competition real quick. And from the online search, I'll then do a phone call and evaluate the customer service. Did they answer the phone? If not, did they call me back? 
Were they polite? Were they professional? Um, were they outgoing? So just some of those things is kind of the starting point. I always recommend a feasibility study. You're going to need it for your bank financing either way. So I do my competition analysis up front. And from there, once I know that we're, we're good with our competitors, we have a demand for storage, we know we have a growing economy, then I'll move into sourcing the piece of land that I want. And of course, we all know in real estate, location, location, location is what it's all about. So know your zoning, pinpoint your locations. We try to find properties that are off market. So once we know our zoning, we'll then create another list for properties that fit our, our guidelines or our buy box. And we'll find the property owners, skip trace and reach out to them and potentially get those properties under contract off market. And hopefully we can save some some money on realtor fees, but even better, just get great pricing on the on the dirt in general. Do you have a price that you try to go by for land per square foot? Definitely. So we have some parameters on purchase price per square foot, and we definitely like to be under five dollars a square foot. Some of the pieces we pick up are closer to a dollar fifty and two dollars a square foot in prime locations. So five dollars is the is definitely the ceiling. That's pretty incredible. Dollar dollar fifty from reaching out directly to owners. Yes. So moving on to finding contractors and doing land surveys, let's say someone is brand new to all of this lingo and what do they need to look for? What do they need to get? And how, how would they even figure out if a contractor is good for self-storage or not? What would be your recommendation there? I would interview at least five general contractors and I prefer prefer a design build contractor. So they're going to they're going to help me through any of my processes that I get hung up on. So they'll they'll help through the entitlement process if needed. We're really good at that in our company, but sometimes there's some issues that we don't see or it's an area that we're not familiar with, such as California, we have a project going which I probably won't do another one there. But uh, with that being said, Design build firms are excellent in walking you through the entire process, as well as optimizing your design from the start. Typically, you'll get a cost plus bid from a, a GC, or that's what we want to see is a cost plus. So what that means is whatever the build cost, if it's $5 million, $6 million, the builder will then put their price on top of that, which is typically six, eight, 10%, depending on how much business you do with the firm, you'll get a, a different pricing plan. The benefit there is if they bid the project at $5 million and it's an open book project, we come in at four and a half million, that $500,000 in savings goes right back to us, which is excellent. And the The benefit to the cost plus on the other side is that if it's a $5 million bid and we are locked in with our cost plus, we've seen material prices get a little out of hand recently. Well, that would not be our problem if the 
metal came in quite a bit higher and the final project came in at 5.3 million. Unfortunately, the contractor would eat that $300,000 and take that out of their 6% profit. So it's kind of a win-win. Makes sense. And the other way around too, uh, if and ever prices go down. Absolutely. So you get the best of both worlds with the cost plus and so it's a great op opportunity. I recommend checking it out. Okay. What about beginning of construction? Is there anything that people should keep in mind with regards to that? Sure. Um, first, I would kind of back up a little bit and you're going to want to create a, a site plan. The best way to do that is if you have a relationship with a civil engineer, they will typically create a site plan for free, especially if you have a good working relationship with them. And from your site plan, you can get all your, your preliminary construction estimate. And that will allow you to move forward with your pro forma. So all three of those things kind of tie together because one, you're going to need a site plan for the city. You're going to need a pro forma for your investors and or banking. And it's great to have your civil engineer just jump in there and knock that piece out for you. And your GC will then give you a preliminary budget to move forward with. So those are the first steps. From there, we like to jump in and order a geotech and Alta survey. The geotech gives you the, the dirt on the dirt, if you will. And it'll tell you how stable it is and how, how your foundation needs to be built and structured. So the engineers will deal with all that data. And also it'll help you identify if there's any buried treasure in your soil potentially because they're drilling borings into the dirt and pulling soil samples. So sometimes we'll find old chunks of cement or somebody's taken a backhoe and just dug out a big old pit and filled it with trash and then covered it back up. So those are the things we hope to find in our geotech along with the uh, soil stability. Uh, from there, we get our Alta survey done and that'll identify not only our topography, but where all, all of our utilities are, underground, overhead, et cetera. And that is a great start for our civil and architect team to, to take off. So that's the preliminary steps in the construction process. And how many people do you have on your team to help you juggle all of these moving parts? <laughs> um, that's usually usually just me. So wow. if you have a, if you have a good process in, in place, mine's just a checklist. I use a management system called ClickUp. You've heard of Asana, Monday, Trello. They're all the same, but once you have a nice schedule laid out um, and you can get some dates on there, you can create a Gantt chart and really just hold yourself accountable and you can handle a lot of this stuff on your own. So that's, that's how I, get it handled. So from beginning to end a project outside of California, how long would it take, give and take? And let's say it's, you know, a decent sized project. Sure. We'll, we'll say it's a hundred thousand square feet of net rentable. I would say, depending on the city process, you could go from start to finish in 
12 to 14 months. And in the 12 months, I would say that is six months in design and six months in the build process. And the other two months would be getting through the city process, assuming that you have to deal with a conditional use permit and it's not just zoning by right. Okay. With regards to legal anything, what should people keep in mind with regards to contracts or, or anything at all related to, to a development? I would always lean on an attorney. They're worth their weight in gold. I hate paying, paying them, but it's so nice to have somebody double check all your contracts and it's a big deal. So I lean heavily on, on my attorneys for that. Makes sense. And uh, another last question that I have with regards to development is for these projects, you're building multiple buildings. Do you build one out and then you start your lease up or do you build them all at the same time and lease them all uh, together? Depends on the project and how the site is laid out. I have one in South Pocatello. It's a smaller site, two acres, 33,000 square feet of net rentable. And that project, that's just going to be a single phase. It doesn't make sense to phase it. And then we have another project in well, two, two similar projects, one in Logan, Utah, and one in Grand Junction, Colorado. And these will both be phased. They're a little bigger project, 100,000 square feet. Our phase one in Grand Junction will be just under 60,000 square feet. We plan on stabilizing that. And as soon as we hit the 80% occupancy mark, we will start on the phase two portion of that. Okay. Was there anything else that you think is important for our audience to know that we haven't covered? Um, there is so much more. I'll just kind of give you a, a brief overview of the rest of my development and, and due diligence checklist. So we've, we've reviewed the geotech and the Alta survey. We've gone over the site plan. From there, I would, I'd really say reach out to your, your city or town and schedule a DRC meeting. So development re review committee, and typically you'll have all of city brass there. So I had a meeting the other day with Brigham City and we had the public works director, uh, Chief Reyes with fire. We had the chief of police there, city engineer, um, Tony from economic development. So we, we really get the whole city to buy in on our project and see if there's any issues that we're not seeing. I always like to ask them, what else can we do? What are we missing? What have we not discussed? And really probe them for additional information that I may not think about, but they may have some insider information. So I would really plug your city officials hard on what are you missing? The other question I like to ask is how can we fast track this? What can we do to make our process smoother? Really get their full process lined out and then put that in your project management software and get after it. Just stay on top of it. Don't let things fall behind. Um, I think when the projects really drag out, it's typically an internal issue. And if you're waiting on external stuff, then you really don't have any control over that, but you can condense your timelines on your internal processes. So I'd really focus on those. So that's one good thing. Another 
thing that I always like to do is get will serve letters from the utility companies just to confirm that, hey, we're going to be able to get gas, power, uh, internet. I like to confirm that we'll have high-speed internet because we have one facility that has slow internet. And we're always waiting for things to be done, and it's, it's a headache. So that's something most people don't think about. When you get your Alta survey back, are there any encroachment issues? And if there are encroachment issues, have your surveyor write up new property lines or new um, legal descriptions to resolve that. So that's your boundary line agreements if necessary. One thing that I like to do that a lot of people may or may not consider is when I have a property under contract, I'm going to close on that after I get my civil set approved from the city. So I like to keep the seller updated on progress because sometimes these things can take a while and they want to know what's going on with their, their property. When are they going to close? And I don't like to close until, like I said, I have a full set of civils approved and we have the green light from the city. So that's kind of my process in a nutshell. I like to get going on financing early in the, in the game. Once we have the property under contract, we got our preliminary bids. I'm starting on financing. I like to source at least five lenders again and move through the process because you never know how those are going to shake out. I would also recommend building relationships with multiple commercial lenders and just stay on top of them, wish them happy birthday, have a good relationship and spend some, some time building that relationship outside of just closing the loan. That's my overview in a nutshell, I believe. There's a lot of things in between, but I think that'll give you a good start. Yeah, I think that's a very great start and people should definitely take a look at the blog post to really go into the details of this entire interview. That was awesome, Skylar. Thank you so much for making the time. How can our listeners get in touch with you? Absolutely. You can email me at skylar at yourwaystorage.com. You can text me at 801-899-3767. And if any of your listeners would like a copy of my development and due diligence checklist, I can send you that in Excel format for your review. A lot of topics in there that we didn't cover, but I think it's a great resource. Happy to share that with you. That's very, very generous of you, Skylar. Thank you so much. And you are you a syndicator as well? Yes. Awesome. And we'll put his website under show notes as well. Skylar, thank you so much again. We really appreciate it. Excellent. Thank you. And if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to our super short and straightforward newsletter at MonteCarloREI.com. And I will see you next time.